Welcome everyone to Dungeon Master Discussions. I'm your host, Zach the DM. I've been a Dungeon Master for a number of years now. Been a full-time professional Dungeon Master since September. And today, uh, on Dungeon Master Discussion, uh, we're going to be talking boss battles. Dungeon Master Discussion is a show where I interview a variety of different Dungeon Masters to get their insights and their knowledge about certain topics, their favorite or most knowledgeable topic. And today I am joined by uh, a great fellow of the Nerdy Northerners, a member of the, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Member of the Game On crew, but welcome, Ryan. How are you doing inside of me? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Zach. My brain. Some days. <laughs> hey, it, it happens, man. I call it Friday mouth because um, it is Friday and I always seem to get tongue tied. Now it all depends on what time of the day as well because I could have lunch mouth or I haven't had enough coffee mouth. So there's always an excuse. Uh, we both have it. Excellent. Well, today we're talking boss battles, and you're one of the few dungeon masters that I know that I haven't got a chance to play with. So I'm actually really excited to see how you run boss battles. So first things first, just to give it a broad layer, what what can boss battles do for your campaign or game? They're they're really about just kind of that epic culmination of ending the event so whether you're in a dungeon or whether it's your big bad and end game or end guy uh you really want something to really kind of finalize whatever the point of your dungeon or your campaign is and that's that's the final takeaway of that event so you really want to make sure that people have that great taste in their mouth for it okay i like that you talk a lot about like the the emotion of mm -hmm. the boss battle um in what ways do you run your boss battles to kind of get that emotion across to your players? That feeling, that build-up, that or that the climax part of me. You've already done the build-up. Um, well, I really think it's more just about a sticking with the theme of of mm -hmm. what it is that you're doing. So, of course, if you're, I'll just go to the the stereotypical undead. Um, <laughs> you know, you're gonna have you know like the lich or the vampire yep. or something like that that really hits it home. But you really want something that um is a, out of the norm just you want something that is just different um and that's actually something that i found is very very lacking in a, in a lot of uh D, &D the, the monster manual as a whole um the monsters while they have very specific you know this one can do this one and this can do this it doesn't really seem very boss battle it just seems like an elite enemy so it's it's what are you doing to take that that fight to the to the next level um and and how do you how do you put that together and what it is what is it that you think is going to be a challenge but your players are still going to have fun and not hate you afterwards <laughs> oh i 100 percent agree um yeah the monster manual is uh notoriously known for just having essentially the harder the cr they essentially just get more health and harder hitting like they they mm -hmm. tend not many have many many different abilities so how do you overcome that obstacle when you're creating your boss um well you uh you you have to give them the abilities themselves so you or or little uh mechanics as well so 
you know, you maybe when the enemy gets hit, it gets split into three, and then you have to then you have to guess which one's the right one. Or something else that I think is a really really good one is, uh, you know, a couple of rounds of combat, and then you get the the energy shield uh, that they then have to figure out the mechanic of how to break it down, and that's it. You make it an event, not a fight. Yeah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I definitely have, I, I, doing my research this week on boss battles, I definitely came across a, a, a plethora of ways that people made bosses. And, uh, I definitely see that you kind of like your phase boss fights. So yeah. some, there's a cause and an effect, and then the boss, the battle is almost different. Like you change it from dealing damage as fast as possible to, uh, Doing a non-combat encounter, like destroying crystals to destroy mm-hmm. this shield. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, something else too. I don't. I don't actually think doing a lot of damage at once is actually a great mechanic, and I think that's actually something that um, a lot of DMs really uh, work, like really put a lot of emphasis on because mm-hmm. you don't want to one-shot your 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 players because yeah. if you not, if you knock this player out of combat. Because you one shot of them for 175 points of damage. I'm just throwing a number out there. Yep. They're not having fun. So now somebody has to focus on getting them up. So what you want to do is kind of do a little bit of damage to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, and you want to make it so. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying that was a good idea. No, continue. Oh, okay. Uh, so, and then also you, you want, you want the in my opinion you want the boss to hit them so you want them to feel the threat um but you don't you know i don't i don't think you want the boss to necessarily do a lot of damage at least not frequently right it's it is always nice to kind of start the fight off with uh a womp and just to put (laughs) the fear into them um but you know but then you just kind of want to do maybe some area of effects or um oh look it has four attacks but you know those attacks maybe only do 2d8 plus four damage but <laughs> sorry i just saw will's message uh you know he <laughs> might only do 2d8 plus four damage but he's doing 2d8 plus four damage to f- on four different attacks mm-hmm. um so that's i think that's it's it's about creating that threat level without you know with i don't know without just taking them out because you you, you don't want to win but you want the the players to think that you can win. Okay. All right. So, beside adding like uh, effects to your monsters, how else would you make a boss battle kind of feel that up that you want to add to it? Because there's a lot going on besides the bo- the singular boss. Of course, sometimes you're gonna have that one on one. But there's often a lot going on. Well, and I don't. So, and also that's that's another thing too. So um if you so people who played fifth edition who have experienced um you know you have your party versus one um if your party goes balls to the walls i don't care what level they're at they are going to drop that boss in two Mm -hmm. rounds and does it really feel like a boss fight if it's only lasting two rounds i don't i don't personally think so so Mm -hmm. you know adding in minions and adding in in the ads to to kind of fill up the space, I think is also another another great uh, opportunity there for you, um, where you know maybe you hit them and then a couple skeletons spawn, or 
Um, you know, there, there's some stuff coming out of here and it's a constant flow that if you don't stop him, then, you know, you're just going to get, get overwhelmed. And it really makes the group coordinate really well together as opposed to just, um, pop my debuffs and call her a day <laughs> or not my, pop my cooldowns and call her a day. Okay. Now, have you ever done any boss battles with just like maybe portions or a complete where it's like not about actually hitting the boss itself. There, there is another encounter going on where the boss is more of a nuisance. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I've never actually ran something like that before. The, those ones are definitely interesting because they, 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 they make it. So you almost have to keep some people doing different jobs. Some people have to be doing whatever the encounter is over here while others have to be either dealing damage to the boss say whatever they're trying to destroy is like healing it mm -hmm. so, okay yeah and even over healing it like going like over its max hp giving it temporary mm -hmm. hp so they have to keep dealing a certain amount of damage or else it'll just grow uber strong um and then essentially as you destroy these things it actually loses hp or there's there's many of other ways that you can do yeah. it yeah um oh and i had something in my brain and and uh unfortunately now <laughs> i have i've lost it oh so uh there's also uh sometimes too about making the environment uh scary for the players as well um so if i if i may make an make an example um yes, i had this one boss so when on, once the players entered the cavern uh the door slammed shut Right. So then it was a giant ogre boss had a spear. Um, so the ogre boss could also shoot webs that would entangle the players. So that's that's a fun thing, you know, just kind of taking a player out for mm -hmm. for one round, just, uh, you know, while they have to break free. But every round bombs were dropping from the ceiling in a in a randomized pattern. I say random, but I had set it up for a five round pattern. Yeah, uh, ahead of time. So I knew where the bombs were going to drop every time and they didn't have uh, a chance, a choice. So it was actually every other round because the bomb would drop and then it would explode. Um, okay. So it would really keep them moving. Uh, and I thought that was that was a lot of fun and really kept my players on their toes. You know what? That was actually a big thing I um, always find with boss fights is... You got to keep the players moving because if mm -hmm. they can, if they can at any point surround and just beat the boss, um, it, it doesn't work. Are, have there been any like interesting ways that you've, that you can even think of, maybe you haven't done yourself yet, that you can think of to keep the players moving around? I thought of one earlier today. Um, I mean, you've, you've got the lines of fire, uh, mm -hmm. where it's a, you know, you, they can see the nozzles in the wall. And of course, initially they, they wouldn't really know what they're for, but okay. you know, this round fire, fire, fire. And of course the, the boss is of course immune to fire damage because, yes. you know, you got, you got to do that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's that, there's also, you know, like the walls are, the walls are starting to move in. So they're starting to lose space. Um, and there's also, uh, the floor dropping um that one that one was a little mean actually <laughs> <laughs> if it's there before they went in it's there before they went in 
right? Uh, it's always, oh, and that's, I think that's one thing that you have to do with, with boss fights too. I mean, sometimes you have to adjust their HP to really, mm -hmm. you know, really keep it going because, you know, maybe you're trying to drive a point home with the fight. Um, but you have to accept the fact that you have it set up however you did. I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but mm -hmm. you either thoroughly challenge the players or they crush you. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're kind of saying that like a boss fight is something that <clears throat> you get the you prepare everything in advance and then you go in and you're almost like it's one of the would you say it's a time when you don't fudge the dice in your player's favor? Not saying that we ever would. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, is this the time when you go balls to the wall? If they die, they die. Um I mean, there's always a time to fudge the dice. There's yes, always time there's to always do it. Time. Uh, it's, and even sometimes even for your players as well. So um, it's, it, it's, it's about them having fun and not feeling like fate is against them. And, you know, if you're, you're rolling three critical hits on them in a row, it's just, it's just not good. And it's really bad if that happens and they're just rolling crit misses as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have found, too, that when you allow them to re-roll the dice, uh, at least in this case, um, the fate kind of resets itself a little yeah. bit. Their their karma goes back to back to zero on that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I've never actually killed a player in one of my games. Really? Yep, not once. I have a campaign where uh, each player has died at least once, and one player has died three times now wow it's a it's a very heavily changed or heavily modified curse of strahd so they're all mm -hmm. technically playing the same characters just the same souls just different bodies um have you how have you read through the entire curse of strahd book yes yes okay so then done it, actually oh you've already finished it just so you know that was the first fifth edition game that i played and i thought that story was great i thought it was a great game mm -hmm. uh strahd See, and this is and this is it, right? Like, so Strahd as an end boss, great. Like the vampires design really well with with the legendary actions, yes. um, but that's it, right? Like, there's no mechanics to it. So I did adjust that fight, but just going back to that. So sorry, the Amber Temple. Um, yes. You had your players. Was it in the Amber Temple? Temple. It's been a couple of years, but you found those sarcophagi in the offshoot rooms, the hidden ones, and mm -hmm. there was one that. Uh, gave one person reincarnate. Um, thinking is that I haven't gotten to the Amber Temples with my group yet. So really? I'm thinking if that's either yes, they're twenty sessions in. Okay. But they are a hella chaotic group. Hella, hella chaotic. It's for the fun. They all enjoy it. Okay, uh, that's good. Currently, um, one character is burying another character while the other character is trying to kill an NPC that the other two characters like. But I, I legit had to, after the game, be like, are you guys okay with this? And they're like, yeah, this is great. Love this. I love that we hate each other. But That's awesome. Fraud is uh, actually a wonderful example of a good boss battle because uh, he can move through all the walls of his castle. Mm -hmm. So he is nearly an infinite amount. He's playing 3D chess while they're playing 2D chess. Right. Or he's playing 4D chess Ooh. while they're playing 3D. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, um, he, he takes too much damage, and he just goes a floor down. Mm -hmm. Two floors down. And then, 
he summons all his minions to come and distract the group, and then all of a sudden he just reappears. Yeah. Um, go, go to the staircase, all my minions. Go to the staircase. Go do that. Yeah. Um, I still turned him into a multi-phase fight, though. Uh, he... <laughs> Uh, and I, I don't fully remember what it was because it's it's been oh, yes. a good number of years. Um, but uh, I think in one of them, they're actually fighting like a giant version mm. of his face that I had con- concocted Ooh. while crystals were off to the side shooting magic missiles at them every round. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Um, you know what? I... I haven't actually planned the Strahd boss fight. I would have normally by now, mm-hmm. but they have become friends with Strahd. And, oh. Yes, and uh, they believe that Vasily, his alter ego, is mm-hmm. truly the bad guy. So oh. they're working with Strahd, against Strahd, for Strahd. <laughs> what did they just do to themselves? Oh, I, I really love it. I have That's... woven such a lie into their brains. That is so <laughs> I guess what, so, so uh what's her name i changed her name but what's the girl that strahd loves Ka- Ka- uh, mina. I, I just i think i just ended up changing her name to mina because essentially I, this is the dracula story i made i made strahd gay for plot for a different plot reason long very long story so okay he has a lover named daryl in mind and Darryl. their Chad. very first <laughs> yeah <laughs> so after they beat death house they're supposed to take daryl to the church to keep him safe of course it's hallowed ground um mm-hmm. So they do that, and then after a while, they come back and meet him, and they're just like, it's not safe enough here. Nah, hollowed ground? Nah, not good enough. You know where we're gonna take you? Strahd's place. We're gonna take you right to Strahd, we're gonna leave you there. So I had a thing where, yeah, no, it's fucking blue. Oh, I have another thing. Um, They also gave him the sun sword. They really? Asked, they asked him to enchant it. Like, improve it. <laughs> And he was like, yes, it's going to take some time, though. They're not getting it back. He's going to fight no, them no, with they, it. Well, of course they're not. He's going to use it against them. And Oh, no, it's it sheds light. Never mind. He's just going to throw it away. Yeah, he's, he's not going to use it. He's just going to throw but it now, away. But they can't use it against him. Yeah. So, my, yeah, no, they make a lot of mistakes. I think they're going to lose. But they're having a good time. That's all and that matters. That's all that matters. Um, um, yeah, so I played Strahd very conniving. He 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 yeah. didn't. He He's right now just playing with this players like strings he doesn't actually want to kill them yet he wants to he you know how with daryl he wants to ruin barovia around him Mm -hmm. so that he Mm -hmm. feels worthless that's Mm -hmm. all what's exactly what he's doing to the players he's just destroying (laughs) all their connections making them look like bad people um they killed the burger master in valaki and yeah remember the burger master uh he was the the crazy dude that threw all the celebrations Oh, okay, yeah. And yep. so they killed him. Uh, and when they came back and they were like, yeah, we actually need to like use this town. There's only like three of them. And one of them got overran by zombies. Our DM's a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they came back and they were like, 12 lashes each. And then one player was like, I'll take them all. They died. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Mm, all um, right. Let's get... Oh, did you have something else to say? Yeah, sorry. Just, just on do. the Strahd no, thing. Honestly, I could probably talk Strahd Strahd is a great boss. This fits it's, this. Well, no. Fits just the, the, narrative. Whole, the whole campaign is just, just stellar. Um, Actually, 
I guess maybe two two points on the Strahd thing. So you still have plenty of time for the Strahd boss fight. You've seen the size of Strahd's castle. Have they actually ventured through Strahd's <laughs> castle yet? Um, I have taken them really only the into the dining room. They haven't really requested okay. to go past much. And my so, Strahd isn't very like, oh, please come look around at everything. So my players went in the back door. Um, and went literally down and around completely everywhere else. Cause he's supposed to start in the church and they, that is the last place that they went. So like, they just completely avoided him the whole time and pretty much cleared. It was like a 10 or 12 session dungeon. It was crazy. Um, mm. yeah, I expect, and then, I expect that. Uh, the one boss. So actually there is one boss fight and it's in Strahd that I really didn't modify. And that's where you fight the cabin um i don't know if you've if you if they've encountered that one yet i just forget how you phrase it but go ahead and just continue Explain yeah you, you you fight you literally fight a, a cabin oh so it's on, yes yeah um, so it's on the stump and it uses the tree roots to to fight with and then you have the witch on the inside just fucking casting spells left right and center um that was a great fight i fucking loved it anyway so our anyways on on with the yes uh, on back with boss battle mm-hmm. um so for you how do you go about creating a boss uh, if we if we must feel free to give a, an example we'll say a great northern kingdom okay um how would you like first step so you're you know you're going to create a boss for this northern kingdom what is the very okay. first thing you think of or start um, doing? It's it starts with the race. It always starts the race and the theme of the people. Um, that's that's where you have to go with it, um, and then you start bringing those aspects in. So if we were to go, and you know what, I'm just I'm gonna rip a little something off of Game of Thrones here real quick. Uh, not that I really know much in the show, but you have the white uh, like the the white king of the north, like the skeleton dude. Yes um you know, i'm sure everybody else knows more about him than i do <laughs> but you know is that his people so well that's cool so is he so he's an undead uh probably has a little bit of magic if he's you know if he controls an army of the undead so that makes him more lich like okay well what would a lich who lives up in the north and have well you know he's gonna have an army of skeletons have an army of zombies probably have an army of skeleton polar bears so that's fun uh and then of course in the actual show he had he didn't have a dragon did he he did have a dragon at the very end did he have a dragon okay yes, so i give him that um and then you would fight him in the throne room uh probably all his armor would come to life and be a hindrance uh be a, a problem for you um okay. and then i would ensure that he has legendary actions because that is one of the greatest things that has been brought to fifth edition um so legendary actions did not actually uh predate at least from my knowledge fifth edition so having those i think really really kind of added that in um and he would have what else would he have no he'd probably be about it he'd probably cast some spells as well so you definitely start with um like motivation so what does this person want what are they doing here and then mm-hmm. you go and do, okay, well, now that I have their motivation, who would they have around them to serve this motivation? Yeah. And then you kind of begin digging into the details of the boss themselves. 
Yep. And then what, what home do they have? And then what environment? Uh, because that's what, that's what it's really about. It's having the environment and using the environment to engage the players. So like I said, if he's in the throne room, then you'd have the animated armor that would come and protect him, right? Because you've already done skeletons. You did skeletons for the entire dungeon or entire whatever it was beforehand. So you got to throw a little something different at them. Now, when you're you're planning your campaign and you have these bosses, do you ever plan your campaign based on the boss or do you find you base it off of something else? Um, I base it off of something else. So one one aspect of me as a as a DM um is I more I'm running a game that has a story. I'm not really playing doing a story that has a game if that makes any sense. Um yeah it's more more video game esque so a lot of my i don't i don't have a lot of uh custom stuff or homebrew game stuff that i've done uh mm-hmm. or but i will steal um not steal but i will you know i'll, <laughs> I'll borrow from something else so you're uh, like, inspired i'm, I'm inspired yes. uh, or i'll just i'll immerse the players <laughs> into an already existing world and i'll just make up stories along in it so one of my homebrew campaigns i just Honestly, took the map from World of Warcraft and just started making stuff up. Um, You're players of the Alliance. I'm familiar with the world around there, so let's make it work. Yeah, that works really well. The idea, Mm -hmm. I actually, when I first started DMing, I used to do, um, I would find, like, the big bad, and I would start from there. So I would create the big bad, Mm -hmm. and then I'd create where the players go, and I would try and make the big plot points until I found out where they're going to meet or where Mm -hmm. they're going to uh become known to each other or at least Mm -hmm. known to one party or the other and i've definitely found that that's but i see also as well you're playing i like how you describe it you're playing a video game you're not worried as much about the whole story aspect because i'm like pretty well flipped i'm the story comes first and then like the combat and things are kind of in the backseat Kind of, kind of secondary to that, yeah. Um, and that's, you know, and that's that's just my strong suit. So one of, you know, some of the issues that I have is I'm not not super confident uh, with voices, which kind of really holds me back from role playing mm. NPCs um, because I think that should just kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, one second. Bless you. Um, thank you. And <laughs> I know, I know you don't have to. And I, I know I'm putting a little bit more expectations on myself than really any of my players would would have <laughs> for me. Um, and that's that's fine. But you know, I would just much rather, uh, you know, give them a really great game to play as opposed yeah. to a story to play through. And that's that's just more my jam. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that's why I, I like to steal the inspiration from from other stuff. Um, you know, like. World of Warcraft is is very rich in lore and story and and characters and and a lot of enemy opportunities. So that's that's why I took that. Um, and then, you know, I've run Curse of Strahd, like I said. Uh, yeah. I've run the Lost Minds of Fandelver. Um, I haven't done that. Which one. really, that one's uh. Skip that one. Actually, Curse of Strahd is my only module. Oh, oh yeah. Well, you chose a good one. I thought you were really into. Uh, rhymedale for a little bit there oh yes i was into uh the frost maiden i uh got to run that for a few weeks but the covid shut that down oh that so sucks. i read through that book but i've only ran like three sessions of it. 
Oh, that's too bad. Um, now, my most recent campaign that I was running, so that one unfortunately kind of petered off, uh, mm-hmm. which is really too bad because they were on the fourth level of a six level dungeon and the fourth level was huge yeah. like this and then levels five and six were this um oh, geez, what, a, what a twist i i know they were just they were just so bloody close um but like i said i'm not i'm not super kind of into the, the story stuff so basically i just kind of did like a lame um you guys have always been an adventuring party and you're out looking for work and this town has abundance of work um but that one was all, all online so you're a little bit more limited because uh i was using pre-generated maps so i ended up having to make the adventures based around the maps that i can yep. get my hands on and then, <laughs> I would have to, then i would have to start making the boss fights based off those right so yep. it's i don't know no, little I, less creative options. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I feel that. I that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to get myself into Rule Twenty and the such. Is I, I don't want to be limited by uh, pre-made anything. But of course, it, it may come to it may come to being needed. Yep, just kind of the way uh, kind of the way the world's going. Um, yeah. Did I go off on a tangent? And not answer a question you asked. I'm sorry. I no, do you, that. You you you, you answered the question. Fine. Uh, <laughs> But I was going to, something interesting I found, and I wasn't quite sure how I would play with it. So I ha- I wanted to see what your take would be. I'm, sure, I'm not confident that either of us have tried this. But uh, giving a boss multiple initiatives. Uh, so instead of legendary actions. Now, I definitely thought if I was like, if it was like a humanoid like me, I don't think that would work. But I think if it's some monstrous creature where it mm-hmm. has like different portions, I think mm-hmm. that would make more sense. Like mm-hmm. how do you, how do you think you would play with having like a, a multi-initiative type boss? Um so first off, it's not that uncommon. Um oh, really? because there's well, it isn't it isn't and, and I'll explain. <laughs> um so layer action, right? So uh, a lot of bosses you so you have your liches, you have your your vampires, they come with a preset initiative rule of 20 um where the lair affects it right so it's i think when you kind of align it in that kind of thought perspective it's not as as far reaching as as you initially might think um but 100 so if you're if you're fighting a hydra um maybe a hydra is a little bad of an example but i'm just going to kind of leave with that (laughs) because tiamat you know tiamat's a little bit extreme um in this case but you know if you have uh, a hydra that has you know four different heads that all have different personalities well why wouldn't they because they're all their own individual consciousness so of course they're going to have their own their own initiatives their own reactions their own stuff with that um or even just on a, a little bit smaller of a of an aspect on that if you have a two-headed ogre um you know you could have this one who's the the smart caster yeah. and this one is the you know is the the dumb brawny one who so this one's only using melee attacks and this one's the one casting spells and Mm -hmm. if you say kill this head um now this now it can only use melee attacks i think i think you're onto something pretty good there and i think it would really depending on what kind of personality you set up for the boss i think that could actually really help drive it home yeah um you i know you don't do um but have you ever done like dialogue for your bosses oh yeah yeah you gotta throw a little you gotta throw a little (laughs) smack talk in there or um 
oh, bow before me or uh, time to bring the pain. And then you do like some sort of like crazy attack. Oh, yeah, yeah you never do that stuff. Now, have you ever done it like anime style where you give the boss like a called attack? Like 30 wind fist punch. <laughs> um, I haven't, but I could see myself doing it. <laughs> I would be a okay with that. I read about that and I was like, okay, I like that. I like that. <laughs> it's very monk, very monk of you. Uh, <laughs> um, some other stuff too, like for in sorry for inspiration on that too yeah. is you ever just sit and watch a movie? Be like, I'd really like to watch my players fight that. Yes. yes. Have you created boss out bosses out of that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. This yeah. is what this is actually the entire point of Dungeon Master discussion is that you guys can watch and hopefully gain some inspiration that you can take to your tables. <laughs> because I know there'll probably be a few of these ideas that I take back from my boss fights. Yeah. Well, and I hope so. I hope to gain a little bit from from you as well. Um I think uh you're if I were to guess, you're probably a little bit more talented of a of a DM than me and I would uh like to see what what it is that uh, you bring to the table. What's your favorite boss fight? I'm going to throw a question at you. Take it. Oh, um, you know what? I really enjoy timed boss fights. Okay. Just because they're often, it really forces players to, um, what I find can sometimes bog down uh, combat and really make it not feel like action-y is when mm -hmm. people are taking their time reading their notes, rolling dice slowly, um, and adding that just 20-minute timer, 30-minute timer right in their face. Mm -hmm. Like, if somebody's taking a long time to roll, you'll see somebody else be like, roll, goddammit, we need to go! We need to get go." Like, there's that intensity there. Mm -hmm. And usually you pair up something with the time, so the time makes sense. So right. an easy one, closing walls, raising water, um... It can even be like uh, if the boss isn't defeated in this amount of time, uh, this ritual that he had set is going to go off and summon an even bigger boss, which will easily wipe the party. Mm -hmm. um, now, have you ever... Uh, so actually, and I do... I, I, I'm going to come back to that point. I, I, I So do you just <laughs> set like a straight, you have 20 real world minutes for it? Or do you set a round limit or like how do you work that because i'm from like a pa mm -hmm. player's perspective yep um i don't like it mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the reason for that is more specifically and as from a dm perspective oh, i yeah. like it because it really would set up the flow of the game and make sure things are moving a lot faster and smoother and it mm. really would actually help train the players to really try to be on point mm. um but my argument as i've been a rules lawyer because i've done that would yep. be you know we don't your time doesn't exist in my world right exactly. and it, so how is it so yeah how do you do it do you set up you have x amount of rounds you just have literally x amount of real world time how do you do it i um do real world world time uh mm -hmm. but what i've learned is <clears throat> if you expect they can do it in 10 minutes mm -hmm. you need to set the timer for 30 minutes or like 40 minutes like you mm. should the timer should actually be quite generous uh okay. because they will get talk they'll get stuck talking and that technically doesn't count as time so you give mm -hmm. them that like extra flub 
of time. Mm-hmm. And it'll still get that emotion going, like, we only have this long. And it, you also can remind players that in 30 minutes, you only get three, four rounds of combat in. Like, mm-hmm. like when I'm saying 30 minutes, I mean, like, you need to move. Mm-hmm. So even an, like the, the biggest I've done is an hour. Okay. And that was for one stage of a boss fight. And uh, they simply just had to free themselves and get past the boss who was blocking the exit within that time limit. And so that was a fun one. He kept having knockback abilities, so anyone that would come close, he would just be like, yeet, yeet. love knockback abilities, by the way. Love it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Have you ever uh, set it up so that players... Uh, or you tell your players ahead of time, the faster you beat this, the better the loot's going to be at the end? Um, I didn't tell them that, but I also showed them that. Uh, There was a dragon's horde, and uh, when they were fighting this uh, adult red dragon, it uh, it essentially knew it was going to die soon. Mm -hmm. Like, it was about 50% HP. They had blocked the exit with, like, a, a mold earth. So mm-hmm. it it pretty well been like fuck I'm fucked I'm fucked. <laughs> so it was like well if I'm fucked fuck you. So he uh the floor underneath his horde was only like uh ten feet thick. Okay. Uh, with a lava basin underneath. Mm-hmm. So he kicked it and they began to see as the gold began to slowly slide down this horizontal uh lift into the lava below. And I was like well you want me. <laughs> Like, you can avoid the boss and not hit him and possibly let him escape if you want all the gold. <laughs> so I really gave him that that uh, opportunity. I like things that make them not want to attack the boss. Like, ho- hostages are great. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I, if I really want to make a, um, a uh, you know those low HP mob type uh, creatures? Oh, yeah. Um, what you do is you put a bunch of innocents sparkled in. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, you can you can make it puppies. I don't know, players hate killing puppies. I uh, Like, they will kill a man and his daughter and their grandmother <laughs> in front of the wife, but they'll take the puppy. Like, I'm so sorry, huh, baby. <laughs> throw, throw a puppy into play and it just changes yeah. everything. <laughs> so yeah, you just throw some innocents in there and then mm-hmm. they can't do those big AoEs. So they have to think of like a new way to separate the, the mm-hmm. two groups. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, so actually, I, I really dig that. I might actually bring that into into play mm. because that's that's exactly it, right? It's so that's kind of one of the fun things about evolving as a DM with with your group. It's um, how am I going to challenge them, and that's that's why I say, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have any desire to kill my players. I really don't. But I want to challenge my players and really take the encounter out of the norm. And I think that's what a, a boss fight really needs to bring to the table. Um, and I, I like what you really what you just said there because I've already thought of a couple ways to protect <laughs> the innocents. Um, yeah. um, but that's 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 good, man. I I, I I really like that. James Bond swinging axe above an innocent is always a, or a hostage is always a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they'll get the 
fucking brilliant idea of shooting it while it's like on the le- like shooting the rope while it's like le- swinging left or right. And I'm like, oh. all right, yeah, let's let's make this a roll. Well, let's see how this goes. <laughs> uh, so far, it hasn't failed. I have not been able to say that they've just cut somebody in half by accident. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, there's a lot of different boss fights that I. Oh yeah. Can begin uh, to think about. Well, and I mean, so I mean, yeah, some of the higher challenge rating stuff that they they do they do put in is is pretty is okay. Um, but like I said, they're just they're more epic encounters than they are um, than they are boss fights, right? Like I don't I don't know a dragon being a dragon. You come to expect it, right? Oh. Um. Another thing with boss fights, it's it's hard to figure out boss fights for lower levels. Uh, at least I find. Maybe maybe that's the thing with me. I also usually ask to start my games around level 7 or 8. Really? Uh, that was before I started doing professional dungeon mastering. Now we start from level 1 so that they can oh. get that full experience. Because mm-hmm. level 1 to 5, you get it, it's a different game, I oh, find, yeah. than like 7+. plus. So I want to give them that full range of D and D, but if I was just running a game to run it for my enjoyment, I'd probably start level 10, 12. I started high because mm-hmm. I, I like making those epic. Like, well, not 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 that it's not epic. It's like I can do so much more against those characters. Well, and it's because they can do so much more, and exactly. that's that's why you can do it. Because really the the difficulty doesn't necessarily scale. No, actually, that's that's a dirty lie. 100%. Uh, <laughs> Don't you speak I, dirty I, lies here? I will. I will retract <laughs> that statement. Um, but I actually, so I find starting at level one sucks. It's just it's garbage for everybody. Personal opinion. Um, mm-hmm. It's garbage for the DM. I'm just gonna throw a bunch of kobolds at you until you fucking hit level three. That's it. Um, I think level so level three is the first plateau. Mm-hmm. Um, level five's the next one, and then really you don't have another one until about I think it's like nine or ten. Um, but I think level three is good because it's really where where every class starts coming into their own because you have so clerics start getting their uh, specialization stuff right off the hop. Um, mm-hmm. So do sorcerers, but then I think it's rogues. I haven't actually read the PHB in a while. I should get back on that. Um, but like <laughs> rogues specialization. Uh, or their subclass doesn't really start until level three and i think fighters fighters are the same way that's fighters for sure uh you know you don't you don't take the battle master until level three or you don't take the uh oh my god i'm so out of touch (laughs) (laughs) um don't worry i don't follow i i actually there are a few rules in the um game that i purposely do not memorize Mm-hmm. just because they're so easily accessible and so rarely used mm-hmm. so like i know what every class feature does if you list a class feature i could 90 85 90 of the time know what it does but yep. if you ask me what level you got to that i tell you to look in the player's handbook and fuck off yeah and fucking figure it out. <laughs> like, i don't know don't I, yeah exactly i i can explain what it does but i don't know when you get it that's all just that's that's, that's up to you yeah um i don't so kind of back on where how we actually got into this um i don't i don't think it's like i said level one's garbage D D. personal opinion 
Mm-hmm. It's just, like I said, just throwing kobolds at somebody over and over again. Um, but it's, you know, it is it is kind of scaling it down. So I, I, I'm going to kind of contradict something that I said earlier. Um, at level three, you do want the enemy to hit a little bit harder. Uh, because I feel there's more fear at level three than there is at level seven, nine, ten. Um, you're because your healers aren't as powerful. They don't have, uh, you know, they don't have AOE heals, and you yeah. don't have those abilities to quick get away. So you know, you really want your players to to be uh, smart and really just. Um, that's when they need to learn to start to strategize the yes. fight. It's not always spank and tank. It's well, you know, he hits really hard. So, you know, we don't actually want our fighter over there. So maybe we need our fighter over here taking care of his ads. Always oh, throw ads into boss fights. And ads are um, minions for anyone non the wiser. Yes. Um, sorry. Uh, like, <laughs> I said, like I said, I play D&D like a video game. Uh, so, you know, you always throw the minions into the boss fight. So then maybe we want our fighter over here and maybe we want our, our casters uh, actually working on kiting and actually controlling the boss until we can really focus them down. Um, so, you know, you're not going to go into any super difficult mechanics at the lower levels. I think you're you're just going to throw a harder challenge at them that's really going to make them think. Okay. All right, so um, say you have a group of five level threes. <clears throat> yep. What what uh what kind of boss battle would you throw in? Like what what type would you? Orc chieftain. Okay. You're gonna have so you're gonna have one big brute orc. You're one gonna have guy. two archers, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have two melee guys. I like how in depth you go with this right away. I like that you're already like two of them. That's what we need. That's yeah. a, go no continue though. I love that. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be the entire fight. So because you need your casters and your range to really focus on those archers at the back, um, and actually, well, actually, it's for them to fucking figure out however they need to do it. But <laughs> I'm going to do it because I'm going to throw that situation at them, yeah. and that's that's going to be it right there. And the the orc chieftain is going to be just as adept at both melee and ranged attacks. Um, okay. To really show that sense sense of danger, um, yeah, that's it. What would you throw at something like that? This this is where I like to do a boss battle called plug the holes. Okay, three. So uh-huh. essentially, it's uh, it's an infinite amount of one HP, like eight AC mm-hmm. creatures. Yeah, there, there there's no stopping. There's no killing them all. That's not uh-huh. a thing. Get that out of your head because I find from Early levels, you, you learn that you smack things until they die. Yep. And I want to make that no. Lo- I want to make that. I want to make it them realize that sometimes that's not even going to work. Mm-hmm. So, this can um, often be a good one with like any kind of insect hive they may be coming across. Okay. Yep. And you essentially just need to make one or multiple points where these creatures are coming out of and what they need to do is they need to block these holes in any fashion they can really find you want to leave things laying around um i would say the more random the things you can make it the better (laughs) just because then they're like i'm taking six shovels and i throw it into the hole (laughs) how much how much coverage does six shovels have that would be about a three-quarter coverage (laughs) <laughs> if I kick the bucket in there, 
Yeah, that's full. That's full. <laughs> um, actually, can I just uh, touch on something? So Brian, Brian and Bottles in chat said yes. there. Um, he says, I feel like starting at, at one, it gives you a chance to earn your experience from role play and get a feel for other players in your group and other characters in your party. Um, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. Now, mm-hmm. some a lot of my D&D history has come with a lot of experienced players and also people that I'm experienced playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally, my D&D groups have kind of been a very similar mixture throughout throughout the year. So it's it's really become a lot of what I've come to expect from them and what they've come to expect from me. So it's a little bit of an easier uh, easier transition for that. Mm-hmm. So like jumping right at level three is nothing but at the same time level three is like i said it's where everybody's kind of started to unlock their potential so you don't have the fighter who's just going in and doing this at level one where Mm -hmm. you have uh you know the 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 cleric who can do i don't know whatever a light fucking cleric can do uh at level one but it's they get they get a bonus whereas the fighter does not get that that specialization bonus because the clerics already started unlocking cleric abilities as well as specialization abilities whereas the fighters just started to unlock abilities um so i think that's it puts kind of everybody on a little bit more of an of an even ground and it's really where you can start throwing the challenges at the players where it's not just kobold kobold I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going back to kobolds. Yes. But perhaps yeah. I can actually change your opinion on this because there is a there's a special thing that you can do. I find between one and three, you can teach your players humility. Now, oh. my favorite way to do this is find a way and a good way because you can't just do it every time. They will catch on. You have to find mm-hmm. a, a logical reason, and they have to fall for it. Um, but you take away everything. You you leave them in their their knickers, and mm-hmm. you just you, you you don't give them anything. And then you say, "Well, good luck." <laughs> <laughs> oh, six, out, seven HP. Ah, oh, it would be great because. Score or what's Did it we called? lose sound from you? Hello. I. Yes, we I did. I think we lost Zach. No. Well, we will quickly fix it up, and then I will hmm. answer this, and then we'll be nearly off. My, my mic isn't picking up on the Discord. Hello. Hello. There we go. Excellent. Okay. So <laughs> I find back. that is something that you can do because they begin to scrounge. They begin to look for mm-hmm. um whatever they can use I, mm-hmm. I did this in my curse of strahd actually where they went to bed and they woke up with whatever they went to bed in none of them, none of them went to bed in anything okay. um, so then they're right beside the death house yep and uh when i read curse of strahd i heard to actually skip the death house um yes i agree completely don't skip it uh mm-hmm. because when they're naked and they enter into the house or, like, they just have, like, their bedtime clothes on. And they enter into a house. Mm-hmm. They just grab anything. There's, like, a sword on the mantle. And right away, they're just like, oh, I need that. I need that. I need that. They have a quick discussion. But, Who's going to get it? But then it's an animated sword. Nobody gets it. And you have to fight it. Exactly. <laughs> so, essentially, it gives you that chance to really teach them that there are things in this world 
that suck. Essentially, you give their adventuring start a Mm -hmm. very shitty beginning. So that when they hit level 3 and they begin to gain these powers as adventurers, they have more respect for them. They 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 don't take that long sword and that that chainmail they have for granted because mm-hmm. they have had nothing. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they need. I almost feel like it's the lowest low you can get them at, so that they eventually feel that high. So and really, I would find too. So uh, I know we're kind of talking about this one a lot, but honestly, everybody who hasn't played it should really. <laughs> take a serious look at curse of strahd uh and and there's there's a lot of uh so when you go when you play curse of strahd you have to enter strahd's realm somehow you are you are brought in there you don't start in strahd's realm you don't none of that like you have to go in there and i think what you were just talking about yes yes <laughs> uh what you're just talking about it that's actually this campaign automatically allows for that kind of uh start because you're just sucked in that's it and maybe your physical possessions don't come from don't come with you from wherever it is that you're from Mm -hmm. and the best part is you accumulate all this awesome stuff in uh ravenloft and none of it comes with you when you leave you know what right before we sign off i will give you one not quite a spoiler but uh, Nerdy Other is starting a campaign, hopefully uh, come this spring. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to all start with nothing. Mm. They're going to be sent into a deadly environment with nothing at all because they did bad things. But that's all mm. I can give you for now. That's all I can give you for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you, everyone, for joining uh, me and Ryan here on Dungeon Master's Questions today as we talked over boss battles. I think we definitely covered a wide range. Um, we also discussed uh, what's best, level 1 or level 3. How, did, did I change your mind at all, Ryan? Or are you still a little um, bit... I don't mind. I like it. it. I, don't know if, I don't know if I'd really change my stuff on it. Honestly, though, if my, if my party did say that that's what they would want, I'd probably just need a little bit extra time just to be... Uh, um, you you know just to have some preparation for that um so no it's we've opened them up yeah you've opened me up a little bit i'm a little bit more you know i'm a bit more accepting (laughs) of it right Uh (laughs) well thank you everyone for joining us on dungeon master discussions uh we will be back next week and make sure to actually stay tuned in because at uh nine o'clock we have a community night with jake so we will be having that very shortly but until then, we will, guys, we will see you guys next Friday with more Dungeon Master discussions. Where Can I'll I be talking. Yes, Can please. Yes. Uh, tune in at 8 Eastern Standard Time uh, for the game on. We are starting Hitman 3 this month. Ooh. So, yes, we're very excited to start that. We have wrapped up GTFO and we moved on to something else. So, sorry, got to get my plug in. <laughs> no, I love that game. I love watching that game. I'm, I hope you, you guys need to get some trick shots for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we'll be back next week with Sheldon talking religion. So until then, goodbye, everyone.